Hi, everybody. This is Terror Talk with Shannon and Kathy. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. So today on the show, we are going to talk about winter horror. There's a lot of it. <laughs> there is so much of it. In fact, I have a list on Letterboxd that is just under 300 films, I think, that I curated and put wow. all of the winter horror, with a few exceptions. There's a few things that I just put in there that might not be considered strictly horror, but I added them to the list anyway. So, yeah, there's a lot when I was looking for this episode and then also trying to watch mm-hmm. um, some of my favorites, but also some new stuff. I found a ton. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, I think today on the show we want to talk about uh some underrated ones that we like and also some winter horror that are just excellent, like really entertaining or really good. And then also the myth of Krampus. Yeah. Yeah. And the Christmas witch too. So you want to start with Krampus? Shall yeah. we start with Krampus? Would you like to start? Sure. Cool. So I think people by now, if they, you know, pay attention to movies that are coming out. Most people now have at least heard of Krampus within the last few years. Yeah. Um, But, you know, clearly the legend's been around for a very long time. It's a a German legend. So it's, he's half goat, half demon is physically what he looks like. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, every movie kind of depicts him differently, but that's how they describe him in the literature anyway. And um, he's sort of, (laughs) he's, He's Santa Claus's shadow side, really, right? So he's a Saint Nicholas companion. <laughs> yeah. So he's this monster that punishes misbehaving children at Christmas time. So this is the, you know, you don't want to be on the naughty list if you believe in Krampus. No, he sort of steals them and eats them, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it the legends believed to have originated in Germany and Krampen is the German word for claw. And if you look at this guy, he really does have these massive like goat toes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Krampus not, I'm probably saying that wrong, just Krampus night is December 5th. And the legend is that he shows up in town the night of December 5th and he would <laughs> swat <laughs> wicked children, stuff them in a sack and take them away to his lair. I mean, that's something really apparent <laughs> who wanted their child to behave Right through fear, um, the, there's a belief that the way that he can be killed is by being being stabbed with a stake made from a branch of an evergreen tree dipped in the blood of the dark side of God Himself. Good Lord, who has that lying around? <laughs> right. Wait a minute. I remember from last Christmas, it was <laughs> dipped in the blood of the oh, da, da, yes. da. and as far as I know. There's been one single sighting reported on a paranormal news site. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, he's very fictional. (laughs) He's mythological. I would argue he's still a myth. Yeah, no, just the one sighting is what solidified it for me. Really not not a whole lot of data. He's (laughs) real. Not a whole lot of data you got there. I've seen people who look like Krampus. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's always depicted as um, large. Krampus not. Either brown or black and very, very large with these really overextended talons for hands and feet. Mm. Um, and I really enjoyed, and I think we definitely want to talk about the, um, well, it's not the most recent 
movie on Krampus or with the Krampus in the title, but it's certainly the best, I think. Yeah, and and like the major motion picture, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. so it's just called Krampus, and it was 2015, I believe. Great cast. Yeah, great cast. Yeah, 2015. And I, I think it's one of the ones most people who are horror fans or fans of winter horror have seen this movie. So Mm -hmm. we might not be, you you might laugh when we say it's underrated, but I do think it's underrated because I think people think it's more like a kid movie or something or corny or corny. Sure. And it doesn't take itself super. I mean, it has its moments where, uh, I think, and I don't know, maybe you'll agree with me on this, Shannon. A lot of movies like this, the characters aren't developed well. You're just kind of going for this ride and there's a monster and there's a family and it's these scares. But you really get to know and love the relationships and the relationship with the little boy and his, his Omi, his grandmother, his German grandmother, um, and how you know she knows this whole time. It's just really done well. So you're you kind of, I, I feel like I'm in it with them. Yeah, and I recently... Recently, rewatched it. I yeah, me too. I, I think I watched it last year, this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, it hadn't been a like a ritual for me, like yeah. to include it. But I recently rewatched it, and it really held up for me. I enjoyed it just as much as I did the first time I saw it, which was last year. Um, I just. Well, we watched it. I think it's been two years since we did the episode on it. So we watched it in 2018. You may have watched it again last year, but we did an episode just on Krampus, Mm -hmm. uh, our first Christmas season. Okay. So then I've seen, then this would have been my third watch at least. I mean, Tony Collette, Adam Scott, it's cast well. There's, it's got a, um, it's got a little home alone feel to it It with the mom and the dad and the kids and all that. And the, and the, and the cousins or whatever that come over that are kind of bullying our hero, which is a little kid. What I thought was really funny. And this was, um, you know, well before the political climate that we're in right now, but you can tell that it's like, um, Tony Collette's family is like the liberal kind of democratic, you know, mask wearing family. Yeah, and then yeah. here, cause what's, what's the actor's name? He was in, um, he was in waiting the husband there. Yeah. The dad, oh, I forget. the uncle, you know, oh, right, and, he, right, and right. he comes with like his backwoods and his oh, shotgun. David oh, I love him. <laughs> and he comes in, but then, you know, he, he comes in as like this hardcore, you know, Trump supporting gunslinging. And, and at first you're, he's just so bleh. And, <laughs> and then you start to see the human side in him when he like suits up. Um, what does he call it? Well, Rosie's the dog, but it's, it's, uh, starts with an L, his car. He names his car. I don't remember. He has a Hummer, you know, and he really just starts to, <laughs> and, and it just, I don't know, it, it's done really well where, you know, with when this beast starts to come in, it's like, okay, it doesn't really matter what you believe in. We're a family and we're going to do this together. And I don't yeah. know, it was cool. And he becomes really likable in the end. Yeah, and it's not considered a straight horror. It's really no. considered a comedy horror yeah. film with some fantasy elements. So... Um, if you're looking for tons of gore, that's not what you're going to get, but I, uh, it's got some money behind it. So they're able to have the good production values with the visual effects and stuff, which, Mm -hmm. which is fun. And, um, yeah, I really like it. Um, in contrast, (laughs) she talks about about oranges. (laughs) Yeah. There's another movie called, so I does try to take itself seriously. Right. Yeah. When I was uh, looking into Krampus films and I still have probably about 10 to watch, but I wasn't going to watch all of them before we had this discussion. There are a ton of freaking Krampus movies out there, by the way. Um, Anyway, I did watch Krampus origins actually for the first time. 
Me too. And it was awful. Yeah, it's pretty bad. What about the special effects at the end? Oh. When you finally do see Krampus? Yeah. What did you think? Um, well, it was low budget. The scariest part about him were like the little lights coming out of his eyes. Yeah, and I don't have any trouble with um, low budget. No. Necessarily, because like many of my favorite films are like indie or low budget. Yeah. But this particular film, unfortunately... Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it took place in a, uh, in an orphanage. Right, so it's the First World War rages on when a group of American soldiers find a mysterious artifact that can summon the ancient evil of Krampus, and after the men are killed in action, um, <laughs> the, the artifact is sent into the commanding officer's widow, who's a teacher at this, like, little small town orphanage and the orphans accidentally of course summon the Krampus although they might have done it on purpose if you asked them and the teacher and her pupils are forced to battle this ancient evil my issue was that there wasn't a ton of horror in it because no there wasn't they so it's more depressing yeah it's more very dark and depressing and and not a lot of Lot, not a lot of story going on for me and I kept waiting for there to be sort of the horror plot points you know that we want in a horror movie and then when they finally get to the end where you're see- finally seeing Krampus like you said um, the problem is that then Krampus has a, a lecture to give <laughs> yeah <laughs> he just sort of he appears and I'm thinking okay that's great like I understand low budget he looks Okay. I mean, it got one star just to give you. A, no, I know. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're not alone in this. This is not. This is not a hot take. This is like we're not. This is not of um, an appreciated opinion. However, this this was my problem is that when Krampus finally does show up, which I have no problem with him looking low budget, like I that's fine. But then he just like distributes a lecture for ten minutes. And I, I just don't think that was the most effective in, use of our time. No, in, in his like demonic voice, he's telling yeah. the story. Yeah, it's a, it's an info dump is what we it's, call that. It's totally an <laughs> yeah. info dump, but by the demon, which I know. is bizarre. It was ridiculous. Um, so there's that. Um, yes, yeah, it was pretty terrible and, and didn't really care too much about the characters or... Yeah, I did want to throw real quick in, there's a movie called Night of the Krampus, and it's actually a 40-minute short and very low budget, and it's on Prime, Amazon Prime for free. You can watch it. There's a bunch of Krampus movies on Prime, actually, if you want to go down that rabbit hole. But this 40-minute short um, was from 2013. And again, you're you're kind of looking at a very low-budget uh, film, but I didn't think it was bad. Like, I thought it was pretty good. So I would say for 40 minutes, and if you're looking for more Krampus stuff, mm-hmm. I, I thought they did a nice job with what they had. So Good. I, I did want to throw that out there because I, I did manage to to see some other. Do you have any other Krampus stuff that you watched? No, I know. No? There, there, I mean, I was a little Krampus out after Origins, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, um, I started I started Mother of Krampus, which is another. Mother of Krampus. <laughs> yeah, which is our new cuss. Yeah. Um, mother of Krampus. Careful. He might throw you in a sack. I know, but I'm not a child. So he, <laughs> he doesn't want to see it. you as one. He doesn't. Okay. <laughs> okay, then. It's true. If you're not a child, then you can cuss up Krampus as much as you want. Yeah, I feel like he'd just straight kill me. <laughs> he might. <laughs> he wouldn't take me to his lair. I mean, it's a pretty ter- it's a terrifying legend for a kid, though. I mean, if you go with Grimm's fairy tales or any of the actual mythology and fairy tales, they're 
dark places. Yeah. So this one is no exception. I mean, yeah. a horned anthropomorphic figure, you know, half goat, half demon. <laughs> like what is, who eats children? That's really not. He eats children. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I did start Mother of Krampus. I did not finish it, but um, that's how was next the Mother of Krampus? So, so did oh, she fuck. give birth to Krampus? Well, the, so I don't know why the movie is called that. Or are they saying it like Mother of Krampus? I, I don't know why the movie's called that. I can't okay. answer your question. But what it did, <laughs> she's like, oh well. Um, but what it did up. do is have me start to look up um, because it's supposed to be based on Frau Perchta which is the terrifying Christmas witch. So Krampus has a gal pal and she isn't as well known as Krampus. There's these a mother, days. mother Krampus too. Yeah, I know. Sleigh ride. Yeah. So that's why I started to watch it because I figured they made a second one. So maybe I got to check this out. So it's on my list, Okay. but Frau is a Christmas time goddess slash witch um, all around terrifying person. Um, and deserves a little bit more press, I think. <laughs> Not as well known as Krampus, but she's a staple in the Alpine regions of southern Germany and Austria. Whereas Krampus is far more like Central Europe, like all over the place now. Um, she doesn't look as, um, like, she doesn't look like an antelope. No, she's pretty under the radar as far as like North America is concerned. I imagine our European listeners will be a little bit more familiar and can probably correct Our European me. listeners are probably like, you guys have no clue. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. So Mother of Krampus. So is it literally like, does it take place? How, how is Mother of Krampus related to... I know that sounds like a funny question because it's the mother of Krampus. But I'm I telling mean, you, I don't know. Okay. What they don't the go movie, over any of that. I, I, I didn't know. They, I got none of that information in the first 30 minutes. <laughs> but I can tell you um, that when I read about the description, it was supposed to be, um, you know, loosely based on, on Frau. And apparently Frau has a character in the Krampus movie. Uh, she's one of the people that you see in that. So... There's that going on. Um, but she also bears a, like a resemblance to some other scary goddesses from other places. But yeah, I'm looking at some pictures of her now. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like don't F with Frau pretty much. Oh, okay. She's pretty scary. Um, can, can we go back to the original, I mean, the uh, the major motion picture for a second? Yeah, of course. A um, couple things. First of all, the, the name of the car was Lucille. That was the name of his car. Oh, you looked um, it up. <laughs> no, no, it just, it, it, it popped up the more I was thinking of it. The part that, scared me the most and I thought was really well done was the scene where the daughter goes for the walk and it's the first time it's the very first time you hear his chains and his feet hit the roof and you look over that was terrifying that's scary I actually when I watched this I I was doing something else while I was you know watching and I all of a sudden I heard the stomp, stomp, stomp. And I was like, oh, oh shit. And right. I and I had to rewind because, or rewind, that's an old it's word. It's a but good scene. I had to go back because I was like, oh, I can't miss the mm -hmm. entry, you know, mm -hmm. the, the Krampus entry. And I actually replayed that little bit a couple of times because I really liked that. And um, the elves are terrifying. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot <laughs> that's terrifying about whenever Krampus is in the shot. Yeah. Um, the rest of it's not terrifying there isn't any other real drama going on but when when he i guess if we for lack of a bit I, like i don't know 
the gender, actually, but he seems to be portrayed as a male mm-hmm. most of the time, um, or all the time, I'm not sure, uh, is incredibly frightening. But so perched a, according to Jacob Grimm, who, you know, Grimm's fairy tales, mm-hmm. um, Perchta was spoken of in the old high German in a 10th century as Frau Perchta and thought of as a white robed goddess who oversaw spinning and weaving. So that's, um, you know, all the old goddesses have some, uh, like task they're doing. <laughs> they all have a profession of some kind. So I guess that's, that was hers. Um, the Christmas witch, just like the idea of a Christmas witch is really appealing. I, I'm really surprised that more movies haven't been made about her. Um, her name is also like the bright one and is probably related um, to Krampus in some way. But like, as I said, like, I'm not sure she's not supposed to be the mother of Krampus. Oh, mother so Krampus. Yeah. It's just mother Krampus. Mother Krampus. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So I think more movies should be made about her. Um, she looks pretty scary. She's pretty There's one scary. called Deck the Halls with Blood and Bodies. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she's she's on the cover with a hatchet. Yeah, I mean, Perch does, uh, she's either really beautiful and seductive and like white as snow, like her name, or and then she she's just elderly turns, and haggard. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like, um, what is it, in Snow White, the... Uh, when the witch, you know, because she doesn't always look like that, right? Right. She's yeah. got like two different forms, yeah. I guess they call it. Uh, and she also has a, a large foot, like a goose foot. <laughs> the that's strange, cute. The, yeah, that's hot. Um, <laughs> strange. The strange foot is supposed to symbolize her being a higher being who could shapeshift into animal form. So like, I guess the foot is the holdover. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know too much about it, but I do know that I want more movies about Frau. Well, we might get some more Frau. I'd like that. Um, so what, okay, so I, I have some favorite winter watches like that I either have just discovered or watch every year. Okay. And one of those is uh, Black Christmas. Oh, I mean, you don't have to sell me on that one. So I believe, Ka- and Kathy has the floor. <laughs> Because she talks about Black Christmas all year, actually. The, and we're, to be clear, the original. Yeah, yeah. Yes. 19, what is it, 74 or yeah. whatever. Yep. Um, man, I don't know what it is. So, you know, I was watching this again, and I was telling mm-hmm. you, uh, I, I started watching it at night and had to finish it in the morning. I watched so much horror, and I just think that the grittiness of it, the the way they portrayed the killer in this and the things that he said over the phone, they would never be able to do now. Right. I mean, just the opening scene, right. it's incredibly perverse. So I'm not going to say it, but no. it's really, really disturbing. Um, yeah. It's Canadian by the way. And it's considered a slasher film. Yeah. And, I mean, and I think, uh, I think Margot Kidder or Olivia Hussey, one of them is Canadian. Mm-hmm. Olivia and, and she was so young in this, this, but this was after Romeo and Juliet, you know, she's a little bit older. Um, I watched a movie in the early eighties called hotline with Linda Carter. Okay. It was one of the most terrifying films at that time that I had seen. And I remember when they had, it was, I think it was made for TV. The reason why I'm mentioning it is because she ends up getting these calls 
Okay. Okay. And it's coming from this really strange man. And he, like, she picks up the phone and her name is Ryan in the movie. And he just goes, hi, Ryan. Like that, right? And the whole movie, and I'm young, of course, because I'm watching these with my brother. (laughs) And at the very end, you find out who he is and he's like dressed in women's clothing. And I mean, it's really, really disturbing. So I saw that before I watched Black Christmas. And I think it's one of the reasons why Black Christmas scares me even more is because it reminds me a lot of Hotline. And just the idea of this really, like the new movie doesn't do the calls justice to what these old landline, nasty, psychotic, just really cryptic, ominous calls. That's the scariest part. And then the dude in the attic. Oh, it's terrifying. I mean, the story follows a group of sorority sisters who receive threatening phone calls and are eventually stalked and murdered by the deranged killer. And these calls are not just, um, they're not just scream Drew Barrymore type of calls where the person is just sort of threatening and letting you know that they're in the area. These are calls where the things on the calls one, it's a very disturbing voice and there's a lot of um, incongruent affect, <laughs> as yes. we like to say, yeah. laughing while saying horrible things. Mm-hmm. So the affect is incongruent with the content. And and then what is being said, which uh, we're not going to say, but right. the things that are being said in the calls is like, what? Really? That's so disturbing for 1974. So if if you're in, if anyone's interested in in I believe hotlines on Amazon. I think you might be able to find it. It really stayed as 1987. It was made for TV. Linda Carter, a woman who has worked for the crisis hotline for only two days, receives bizarre calls from a deranged man reciting riddle like clues to the grotesque murders. He's committed clues that reveal she is the next victim. It's really flipping good for a made for TV. Um, And it gives the same, if you like black Christmas and that, sort of like what the hell is going on these phone calls are creeping me out kind of thing i really recommend this it's like got the same mood it's got the same mood and she's really great in it and she kind of she plays the olivia hussey in the movie um really i mean black christmas just is is that we look at it this is a perfect example of taking a movie about what's supposed to be a cheerful time of year Mm -hmm. and and painting probably the most traumatizing and grotesque portrayal of this holiday. I mean, what, what you could imagine could go wrong in a sorority house with the serial killer around Mm -hmm. goes on. And then every male in the movie is a suspect. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, it is considered one of the greatest horror movies ever made, I think. Um, And and they've tried to remake it a couple of times, 2006, 2019, actually. There's a recent Mm. one. I haven't seen the 2019 one. Okay. I haven't either. So we can't really speak to, its level of fabulousness, but I feel like you have feelings about the 2006. It's absolutely horrible. <laughs> okay. And, and it just doesn't, it, it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a mood that's hard to capture in a contemporary well, this, film. That's exactly what it is. So in the original film, first of all, the house is incredibly ominous and it's large and there's lots of places where they can hide. And I also think the way the women are portrayed in the original black Christmas, ironically, even though it's the seventies, they don't focus as much on their sorority role. No. Where in the new one, it's about these sorority sisters. They just happen to be women in a sorority that live there and have a house mother. Yeah. In the new one, I feel like that's the focus and it's just another sorority movie. Well, and it's also early, well, mid-2000s. So if you think about horror films in the 
the decade that started this millennium, mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a lot of, there was a lot more um, cheese. There was a lot yeah. more centered on that youthful experience, like sorority sister. So they're kind of skewing it to the time. And I really it didn't think. take itself as seriously as yeah. the original, the original, yep. which is tr- really true of a lot of films in the 2000 to 2010 or nine era is that, we got a lot of great comedies and a lot of great cheese in there, like yeah. cheesy horror films. But yeah, it just, um, it was a spinoff in a way, mm-hmm. not really a, it, it wasn't like the mood wasn't the same. No. Because this is actually scary. This is scary. It's gritty. It's raw. Right. It's, it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I oh. love it. Clearly it's one of my faves. Right on. The other one that I uh, I will throw out there that I really have always enjoyed. I've only seen it a couple times. I made it sound like I've been watching it forever. It's a 2007 American horror film called 30 Days of Night. Oh, I love this movie. It's, um, I love it. I recently rewatched it. Uh, and the story focuses on an Alaskan town beset by vampires as it enters into a 30 day long polar night, obviously. Uh, Lots of famous people in this one, at least famous people of the time, mm-hmm. like um, Josh Hartnett and... Uh, Melissa George. Melissa George. There you go. Yeah. Couldn't remember the girl's name. Set in Alaska. And one of the things I'll say right out of the gate that I like about this movie is that it was one of those moments where you thought, oh, we're going to get really good vampires again. Mm-hmm. Because the vampires in it are straight scary and also... Uh, human enough that you're scared of them they wrote uh, they have they have motivation and so that's really scary they have motivation and then they also developed a dialect yes for the vampires too i mean they wrote some of it i did a horror facts with kath on 30 days a night a while back Uh maybe about a month ago and they were you know there was a lot around the amount uh of effort they put into creating a language for them and i'm sure um I don't, it's scary though. It's good. And then there's a real, also a storyline going. I mm-hmm. mean, it's a, it, there's a, there's a good storyline and you like the characters and you were rooting for them and you care about the ending, Yep, you know, and it, it was a comic book miniseries mm-hmm. uh, from 2002, I believe that was originally and Sam Raimi produced and, and what's the it's ultimate just a good flick. I think most people would like that flick and, and how creative to think like the, best place for vampires to continue their bloodshed is when there's no sun coming up yeah i mean duh right yeah (laughs) Yeah, like why wasn't that done before it's like yeah yeah, exactly like yeah uh what do you got you throw one out oh one of my favorites and it's not scary but it's just uh it's a classic is gremlins (laughs) yeah i love gremlins i love steven spielberg i love that um it's a cult classic i think it's fun and just I don't know, takes you back to your childhood and um, back when they still use, you know, puppets. And I don't know, just Gremlins will always be one of my favorites. There's some good scenes. Again, great cast and very young Phoebe Cates. Yeah. Um, The last time I saw Gremlins uh, was actually like live, like in a theater a couple of years back. Actually, I was downtown Los Angeles and I bought tickets for someone for like a birthday or something. And we went to the Alamo Draft House in downtown Los Angeles and we watched it. 
Yeah. <laughs> and they had, you know, swag and stuff. Alamo Draft House is awesome. They always have stuff that mm-hmm. you could buy. And, you know, you sit in a fold fold out chair and <laughs> you mm-hmm. can't do that right now. But it was a lot of fun. And there's beer and yeah. you hang out and there's like a screen and you're sitting with people drinking beer and watching a movie like you're at your friend's house with a big screen. Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, and that's the last time I saw Gremlins. It was a lot of fun. I watch it like once or twice around the holidays. Okay. Yeah. And there's Gremlins 2, and I mean, there's a... Yeah, I didn't get into so much of the sequels, but I love the first one is great. Right on. Yeah. Another one that I actually only recently watched, uh, even though it's a 2010 American uh, thriller, but horrifying, (laughs) it tells us, it's called Frozen, and not the musical. Uh, it tells the story of three college students spending a weekend snowboarding and skiing, and they become stuck on the chairlift while trying to, um, you know, they're skiing going up and down. And there's a set of circumstances that has them get stuck on the ski lift. And then they they really very quickly realize that no one's coming to get them and that the ski resort does not open. It's like Sunday or something, and it doesn't open again until Friday. And they're up on the ski chair, mm. three of them. And uh, that makes for an interesting... The fear yeah. <laughs> uh, begins. And they actually make a story out of it and stuff happens. And like, it's it's a good flick. Wow. I, would, I would recommend it to anyone. It's a it's a good flick. It's, it's Adam Green. So, okay. you know, if you like his stuff, uh, which I generally speaking do, uh, it's a good one. I have uh, I have one that I surprised it surprised me that I liked it mm-hmm. because it, I saw it I actually watched it not during Christmas season I mm-hmm. watched it like in the somewhere in the year and it came out in 2017 um, I think on Netflix but it's it's called Better Watch Out yeah it's a fun one and it's it's a babysitter one. So a girl by the name of Ashley travels to the suburban home of the learners to babysit their 12-year-old son, Luke, at Christmas time. She must soon defend herself and the young boy when unwelcome intruders announce their arrival. Um, You know, and it's a it's a pr- actually a pretty good cast yeah um it's more on the side of psychological horror which is totally which i really like about that it's fun it's clever um you get really i and anyway really got into the characters mm-hmm. um you'll know a lot of the you know you'll watch it and even if you if virginia madsen plays the mother yeah. um you <laughs> yep. know and then there's other faces that you'll recognize from um, other stuff other yeah. stuff yeah not to ruin it right mm-hmm. yeah no i really like that one i think that's a good one i'm i've got that on my list of things to watch uh in december mm-hmm. as i try to go down the wintery rabbit hole as everyone knows i went down the halloween rabbit hole pretty severely no like uh, and almost got stuck there yeah i mean (laughs) you almost needed rehab i mean the horror the decorations are still up in the studio yeah so it's true i am a little bit stuck i might need some intervention but we can uh, work on that i really like the icy wintery horror films i i won't get into I think as much as I did the Halloween because there just aren't as many really I think there's but. something about the being locked inside if you and if you grew up in the snow which I did there is something kind of cool about thinking like oh we have to go we have to go to the store we have to get it all now there might be a snowstorm we can't go out it's yes. icy yes 
build a fire, you know, like that. Um, and, and stories written around that concept of like, you need to stay inside because we don't know what's out there. The blizzard scene in Krampus is amazing when it oh. starts. And I look at those parents and I go, you really would have let her walk down the street no. in that. And that, and then, you know, you, you figure it all out in the end, but it's, um, those types of movies that make you kind of feel cozy and you, you know, I don't know. I think it's a, I I believe in general, it's called an isolation horror. So if Mm -hmm. you, if you search isolation horror movies, you'll get all these like blog posts and stuff about like isolation horror because you're being isolated and that's incredibly frightening for most people. Um, Like that movie, the lodge that was so scary and depressing. depressing. Um, Yes. And scary and, horrific in in some ways um but that's that isolation piece but also you're also talking about that like ticking clock of the storm like there's a like you know something is gonna get us that we can't control right you know nature right Right. like um the other film that i really love this time of year as far as horror films are concerned is a 2008 swedish romantic horror film called let the right one in that's a great one it's just a great flick uh the film tells the story of a bullied 12 year old boy who develops a friendship with a vampire child and that is really what happened (laughs) because this film is mood it's all mood that is also what i love about winter horror films is most of the ones that i feel personally this is a bias on my part that i feel succeed have that mood that matches what kathy's describing which is that like isolation and darkness and being like trapped and cold and i don't know it just speaks to me with fear i mean there's the english language remake which is called let me in yeah that one that's the one i saw and and it's good i haven't seen the original they're both good Mm -hmm. which is rare (laughs) yeah usually the american if there's been a swedish or norwegian usually the american one sucks like girl with the dragon tattoo the original is the best it's really difficult because i don't think the american version is horrendous with that but i i knowing the original and having read the books and stuff, the American version just does not, <laughs> just doesn't work for me as much. Um, yeah. And, and another film that I would say, cause that, you know, honestly leads me right into another thing I'll mention. And then um, I want to hear more of yours, but this just fits with what we're talking about is there's a Norwegian film that I have loved since the nineties called insomnia uh, 1997. Now they made a, a very famous remake of yep. that in America with Robin Williams and Robert mm-hmm. De Niro. Or no, um, Al Pacino. I can't remember. No, uh, One of them. Oh, Al Pacino. I think it was I think. Pacino. Yeah, they made a very famous remake of it, which was fine. But and even though I have always been fully in love with Robin Williams, <laughs> that film just I couldn't do it. So. Insomnia, the 1997 version, which is uh, Norwegian, has Stellan Skarsgård in it, who I also love. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a Norwegian city with a 24-hour daylight cycle, a Swedish murder investigator has been brought in on a special case. Sleep-deprived, he makes a horrible mistake, which is discovered by the killer he has been hunting. So it's crime drama, it's mystery, it's thriller. It's not it's not strict horror. It doesn't fit into the horror genre, but it's definitely wintry and it's got some horrifying. I would say the original actually has some real life kind of horror 
feels to it. Okay. Uh, the American remake, not so much more. They went way more like crime drama. But um, I have the Criterion collection of this. Like, that's how much I love it. <laughs> that's awesome. But I also like Scandinavian horror. Just yeah. like I just like I really like uh, Asian horror. So that's just my I can never watch my movies with other people like on the discord and stuff because I because watching movies with subtitles in a watch along online is kind of impossible. Yeah. Oh, no, because, yeah, there's it's multitasking. It's just right? too many people like I've done yeah. it with one other person on there. Like if we're just like getting together and watching a flick with one other person who doesn't who we don't really need to like talk that much because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard to like watch and read and type and and all yeah. of that to have that experience. But I would say this is a good one. If we're going to stay in the family of just winter horror and isolation and um, sure. I still think to this day every year between Halloween and winter, like Christmas, New Year's or whatever, um, there's two. One is actually really scary and the other one is just um, one of my favorite movies of all time. So the second one, one of my favorite movies of all time would be Edward Scissorhands. But the other one is Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm -hmm. I, I still think that that movie and it's done, he, I mean, they're freezing the whole time. <laughs> um, and it takes place in, you know, very, you know, they're in, um, it's in Romania or whatever, right? Sure. Uh, in 1897. And this is the, just f- from the very beginning to when he gets to Dracula's castle and it being just in the dead of winter and incredibly atmospheric in that way. And so creepy when he's hearing the wolves howling and he's in this small little, you know, carriage and he's being taken over and over to Dracula's castle. And you can see his, his breath, you know, it's just mm-hmm. so the way that Coppola directs that scene in the movie, it really is a cult following when it first came oh, out. Yeah, there was definitely. a lot of criticism around it actually, because Keanu was cast, you know, as, as the lead, uh, but I'm sorry, uh, what's his face? Um, Gary Oldman. Oh, God, he still terrifies me <laughs> to this day. He's fantastic in it. I mean, you've got Gary Oldman. You've also got Anthony Hopkins mm-hmm. as Van Helsing. Yep. Um, but then, of course, Keanu. <laughs> Keanu, Winona Ryder. And and the woman who played uh, Lucy was terrifying, too. So that one is all always uh during fall and winter, that's one that I'll watch because it, it's just it just feels cold when yeah. you're watching it. A lot of people really love it. I really enjoy it. I don't music. I don't rewatch Ooh. it, but I don't rewatch it every year. But I actually did watch it recently, so I probably mm-hmm. won't watch it again. But I did watch it. Um, I think in October, maybe or September, something like that. The end drags on. That's the only thing I'll yeah, say. Yeah, there's a lot of um, there. There could have been an edit. <laughs> could have been cut by about 25 minutes. Yeah, but. there could have been an, an additional edit, but also fine, you know. Um, and I think you and I haven't said it yet, but mm. we know there's there's one we're leaving out here <laughs> that we both love. Please. The Shining. Oh, of course. Uh, again, another film that maybe could have used an edit, I get. For some people, mm-hmm. that that's the feeling that, but I loved The Shining mm-hmm. from long ago and also now <laughs> mostly because of everything I know about it. So I, d- I don't know. I am not a, um, like a clean user. <laughs> I'm not coming to it clean. Sounds like a drug dealer. Yeah. Well, I tried, I tried to have <laughs> some drug inference. User. I tried to have like a euphemism. Yeah, I going. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
I'm not coming to it clean, that's for sure, or without bias, because I read the book. I um, I loved and do love Jack Nicholson. I know all the a lot of the behind-the-scenes stories of what was going on in the set, which was really kind of messed up. And I just, the visuals are still so cinematic. They really, and the music. The music is excellent. I love ghost stuff. I love psychological horror. I love that there's like a whole question of madness, Mm -hmm. you know, that the hotel drives him mad. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you dig into it, there's a lot more there that actually informs the film and then also makes it more interesting. But there are still several scenes in that that are straight terrifying to me. Yeah. (laughs) To me anyway. For sure. What else you got? Um, anything? Hmm, trying to think. Um, I like to watch the thing this time of year. Yeah, I I watched it in in October, but I uh, so I won't rewatch it again. But that's also a pretty great one. I mean, there are lots of great ones. We're sort of just talking about things that we're watching right now. I mean, Dead Snow, Cold Prey, like there's there's a lot of excellent horror movies. Again, I, I do have a, a letterbox list on there. Uh, my name is Shannon Cherie on Letterboxd, so you can always feel free to, to check that out. The list is called Winter Horror and Other Wintry Goodness. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see Frozen, the one you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, Snowpiercer is also an excellent one if you like more of a social commentary, more of a polit- political, uh, but it's all in the cold, freezing snow. 2013 is when that film came out. And, um, you know, you may know a little filmmaker named Bong Joon-ho <laughs> who, cre- who made Parasite. He did Snowpiercer. And uh, it's an excellent cold film. I mean, there's... <laughs> A simple plans another good one Mis- yes. misery's another one that was oh yeah you know, winter um, of course there's a ton ravenous of- i mean there's a ton of them um but yeah i think there is something about like that isolation piece you're talking about so out of the ones we've talked about which is your favorite favorite would you say black christmas okay yeah that's rare i mean that's the one i think that there are others that entertain me a lot mm-hmm. but i like when I'm actually scared because it takes a lot. Absolutely. And I think that Black Christmas has that psychological thriller element on top of the horror and because of its grittiness and when it was made and the cast and it, it's just all the way to the very last shot of the movie. Yeah, it's really well done. And and sometimes we watch these older flicks and it kind of doesn't hold up as much. Right. Like you enjoy them as a, a historical piece or what have you, but it doesn't, actually hold up in today's uh but because of that psychological horror element i think of that film it really does hold up Mm -hmm. um cool well thanks so much for having this chat i'm actually on this week's shrink chat i'm going to talk about a few more i just don't want to we have we have some that we watch together too so yeah i didn't want to talk about them all here so be sure to tune in that to that because um, on Friday we'll talk some more winter horror because tis the season, man. Tis the season. Thank you so much for listening. This is Terror Talk. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Terror Talk. 
please check out our Patreon page, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to engage with you as part of our community. Please take a moment to leave us a comment on any of our social media. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, sleep safe.